This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of THA prosthesis design from the recon section on orthobullets.com. Biomechanics of total hip arthroplasty depend on prosthesis design, bearing surface, as well as lubrication characteristics and fixation method. Designs include the femoral component, the acetabular components, and bearing surfaces. The femoral component can be cemented or press fit that is uncemented. Press fit or uncemented stems include tapered stems, extensively porous coated stems, or modular stems. Acetabular components can be cemented or press fit or uncemented. Cemented acetabular components can be polyethylene or metal, and press fit or uncemented acetabular components will be metal. Bearing surfaces include polyethylene, metal, or ceramic. Now let's go over some history of THA prosthesis design. In 1891, Dr. Glock performed the first reported attempt at a hip replacement with ivory used to replace the femoral head. In 1940, Austin Moore performs the first metallic hip replacement surgery, or a hemiarthroplasty, with a proximal femoral replacement bolted to the femur. In 1952, the Austin Moore prosthesis developed. In the 1960s, Sir John Charnley introduced the concept of low-friction arthroplasty. The concept that was termed, quote, low friction was a small femoral head that was used to reduce wear. The components included a metal femoral stem, a polyethylene acetabular component, and acrylic bone cement. Now let's talk about press fit femoral stems, which rely on biologic fixation and keep in mind that compression hoop stresses provide initial stability. Again, press fit femoral stems rely on biologic fixation and compression hoop stresses provide initial stability. Types of press-fit femoral stems include tapered stems, extensively coated stems, and modular stems. With respect to tapered stems, most are proximally coated stems that taper distally. Examples include the Trilock by Depew and the M-L taper by Zimmer. With respect to extensively coated stems, porous coating extends into the diaphysis for distal engagement. Examples include the AML by Depew and the Versus Full Coat by Zimmer. With respect to modular stems, the distal stem and the proximal body can be, quote, mixed and matched. Examples include the SROM by Depew and the ZMR by Zimmer. Some unique complications of press-fit femoral stems include intraoperative fracture, loosening, or junctional corrosion. Intraoperative fracture is more likely in press-fit through the lateral approach. Again, intraoperative fracture is more likely in press-fit through the lateral approach, and this is typically due to under-reaming. With respect to loosening, there's a high loosening rate of press-fit femoral stems when used in irradiated bone due to the lack of ingrowth. Finally, junctional corrosion is seen in modular components, including cemented modular components. Moving on to cemented femoral stems, keep in mind that cemented femoral stems rely on cement fixation. Cement is a grout that provides initial and long-term stability. It has limited remodeling potential and is preferred for irradiated bone due to the bone's limited ability for ingrowth. The composition of a cemented femoral stem can be cobalt chrome or titanium. Cobalt chrome is the most common, and this reduces cement stresses. Titanium may be prone to micromotion and debonding. Unique complications of cemented femoral stems include stem breakage, as cemented stems are smaller than press-fit stems and are unable to tolerate as much cantilever bending but keep in mind that stem breakage may occur in cementless stems as well. 
Finally, moving on to bearing surfaces, we'll talk about metal on polyethylene, metal on metal, ceramic on ceramic, ceramic on polyethylene, and titanium on polyethylene. Metal on polyethylene, where the metal is typically a cobalt chrome femoral head on a polyethylene acetabular liner. The benefits of this bearing surface option is that it has the longest track record of bearing surfaces. It also has the lowest cost and the most modularity. Disadvantages include that there's a higher wear and osteolysis rate compared to metal on metal and ceramics. Another disadvantage is that you will have a smaller head compared to a metal on metal, which leads to a higher risk of impingement. Moving on to metal on metal, the benefits are that there are better wear properties than metal on polyethylene. Specifically, there's a lower linear wear rate, and there is a decreased volume of particles. Another benefit is that the larger head allows for increased range of motion before impingement. Disadvantages of metal on metal bearing surfaces are that it is more expensive than metal on polyethylene. It has increased metal ions in serum and urine, specifically 5 to 10 times normal. Keep in mind that serum metal ion concentration is highest at 12 to 24 months. This correlates with the initial, quote, wear-in or, quote, run-in phase of increased particle generation, but then followed by a, quote, steady-state phase of decreased particle generation. Keep in mind that although metal-on-metal bearing surfaces have an increased metal ion in serum and urine, there is no proven cancer link. Another disadvantage of metal-on-metal bearing surfaces are that they may form pseudotumors. Another disadvantage is hypersensitivity, specifically type 4 delayed type hypersensitivity. This is mediated by T-cells, where metals sensitize and activate T-cells, nickel more commonly than cobalt and chromium. However, the most participating cells are macrophages, and keep in mind only 5% are lymphocytes. Antigen-activated T-cells secrete cytokines that activate macrophages. Activated macrophages have increased ability to present class 2 MHC and IL-2, which leads to increased T-cell activation, and then the cycle continues. Contraindications to metal-on-metal bearing surfaces include pregnant women, renal disease, and metal hypersensitivity due to metal ions. Moving on to ceramic-on-ceramic bearing surfaces, the benefits include that this option has the best wear properties of all bearing surfaces. It also has the lowest coefficient of friction of all bearing surfaces. Another benefit is that ceramic contains inert particles, and therefore there is no concern for cancer risk. Disadvantages of ceramic-on-ceramic bearing surfaces are that they are more expensive than metal-on-polyethylene. They also have the worst mechanical properties in that alumina is brittle and has low fracture toughness. A small 28mm head only exists in zirconia, because of alumina's inferior mechanical properties. Another disadvantage of ceramic-on-ceramic bearings is squeaking, which has an increased risk with edge loading, impingement and acetabular malposition, third body wear, loss of fluid film lubrication, as well as thin, flexible titanium stems. Another disadvantage of ceramic-on-ceramic bearing surfaces is that there is less modularity with fewer neck length options. Finally, another disadvantage is stripe wear, which is caused by contact between the femoral head and the rim of the cup during partial subluxation. This results in a crescent-shaped line on the femoral head. Moving on to ceramic on polyethylene, the disadvantages are that zirconia undergoes tetragonal to monoclinic phase transformation with time. This is increased with prolonged in vivo implantation greater than 8 years, pressure, and temperature, 
And keep in mind that zirconia has lower heat conductivity than alumina, where the joint temperature can reach 99 degrees Celsius for zirconia and 50 degrees Celsius for alumina. Finally, titanium on polyethylene bearing surfaces are not recommended due to high wear rates. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, In a well-positioned metal on polyethylene total hip replacement, increased wear and corrosion at the taper interface is associated with which of the following complications? And the choices are 1. Accelerated polyethylene wear 2. Dislocation 3. Pseudotumor 4. Squeaking and 5. Septic arthritis The correct answer to this question is 3. Pseudotumor So increased wear and corrosion at the taper interface results in debris and metal ions. This is associated with pseudotumor formation. A pseudotumor is a type of adverse local tissue reaction that has become associated with metal-on-metal joint failures. Adverse local tissue reactions are thought to occur due to the body's response to metal ions, wear debris, and corrosive products, which are produced when there is motion between the two contacting metal surfaces. Therefore, the taper interface also provides a setting where this process can occur. Fretting and corrosion damage to the taper interface have been linked to pseudotumor formation and aseptic loosening for both metal-on-metal and metal-on-polyethylene joints. Cook et al. described two cases with large-diameter metal-on-polyethylene total hip replacements that developed pseudotumors requiring revision surgery. Examination of the retrieved implants revealed a discrete pattern of material loss from the distal end of the head taper slash stem trunnion interface. The authors postulated that the taper design did not provide a sufficient locking mechanism allowing the head to toggle on the trunnion. This led to an accelerated pattern of wear. Moving on to the next question, which of the following is a benefit of using a ceramic-on-ceramic bearing surface compared to a metal-on-highly-cross-linked polyethylene bearing surface during a total hip arthroplasty? And the choices are 1. Increased jump distance, 2. Lower volumetric wear, 3. Decreased cost, 4. Lower rate of stripe wear, and 5. Improved range of motion. The correct answer to this question is 2. Lower volumetric wear. So ceramic on ceramic bearing surfaces have the lowest volumetric wear when compared to all other combinations of bearing surfaces. Ceramic bearing surfaces, like other bearing surfaces, have their advantages and disadvantages. The biggest advantage of ceramic on ceramic bearing surfaces is that they have the best wear properties of all bearing surfaces due to their low coefficient of friction. Additional advantages include inert wear particles and high biocompatibility. Disadvantages of ceramic bearing surfaces include stripe wear, squeaking, the possibility of catastrophic fracture, and relatively high cost. Garino et al. reviewed 333 total hip replacements treated with ceramic-on-ceramic bearing surfaces. At three years, there were four ceramic-related complications, including three chipped liners and one eccentric seating of the cup liner. No patient sustained a gross fracture of the ceramic components. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, increased jump distance is incorrect, as jump distance is the amount of translation prior to dislocation. This is related to the size of the femoral head, not the bearing surface. 
Answer three, decreased cost is incorrect, as ceramic bearing surfaces are actually more expensive than metal on polyethylene surfaces. Answer four, lower rate of stripe wear is incorrect, as stripe wear is a characteristic unique to ceramic on ceramic bearings, and it is thought to be caused by edge loading. And answer five, improved range of motion is incorrect, as range of motion is related to the size of the head that is used, not the bearing surface. Moving on to the next question. A 56-year-old male undergoes revision of his right hip arthroplasty for acute pain and radiographs suggestive of ceramic femoral head fracture. At the time of the revision, multiple fragments of the ceramic femoral head were seen in the joint and soft tissues. The components were noted to be in good position. He was copiously irrigated and the ceramic head was exchanged with a metallic femoral head. Twelve months later, the patient presents with insidious onset of right groin pain. Radiographs show no gross abnormalities without signs of loosening. Which of the following is the most likely cause of the patient's pain? And the choices are 1. Periprosthetic infection. 2. Massive third body wear. 3. Pseudotumor formation. 4. Soft tissue metallosis. And 5. Iliopsoas tendonitis. The correct answer to this question is 2. Massive third body wear. So the most likely cause of the patient's pain is massive third body wear caused by retained ceramic fragments. Ceramic femoral head fractures create many fragments that are difficult to extract at the time of revision surgery. During the revision surgery, it is imperative to remove all fragments that can be visualized. Despite a thorough debridement, microscopic fragments will still remain. These particles may cause pain through the creation of an inflammatory response in the tissues. Exchange of the femoral head should be performed with another ceramic head as opposed to a metal head. If a metal head is used, abrasive wear will ensue as the microscopic fragments will scratch the femoral head due to differences in hardness. Trena et al. describe their experiences with revision of ceramic components. Most commonly, fractures of ceramic components occur as a result of trauma, dislocation, or errors in operative technique. These include head-neck taper mismatch, impacting the ceramic head with too much force, debris, and intraoperative damage to the metal neck taper. Hanush et al. review ceramics in total hip replacement. They state that if the ceramic is properly manufactured, it can be highly effective, low-wear solution for the young patient in need of a total hip replacement. Moving on to the next question. What clinical outcome is associated with total hip replacements that have metal-on-metal metal bearings compared to total hip replacements with metal-on-polyethylene bearings? And the choices are 1. Soft tissue sarcomas. 2. Similar revision rates at 5 years. 3. Increased nephrotoxicity. And 4. Pseudotumors. The correct answer to this question is 4. Pseudotumors. So patients with metal-on-metal metal total hip bearings have higher levels of cobalt and chromium in the bloodstream, but systemic migration of wear debris from total hip bearings is also common to total hip arthroplasties with polyethylene bearings. There is no direct evidence that patients with metal-on-metal metal total hip arthroplasties experience a higher incidence of cancer. Chromosome abnormalities have been detected in patients with metal-on-metal metal hip bearings, and the clinical consequences of this finding remain unknown. Also, pseudotumors can form around the periprosthetic joint space in response to localized metal ion debris and the host inflammatory response, although these tumors are not specific for failed metal-on-metal -metal total hip arthroplasties. 
metal-on-metal -metal hip replacements have higher revision rates compared to conventional hip replacements in multiple registry studies. Although metal-on-metal -metal articulations have not been shown to cause renal failure, they are not recommended in patients with chronic renal insufficiency. Moving on to the next question. What factor is associated with decreased range of motion to impingement? And the choices are 1. Skirted modular femoral head. 2. Trapezoidal neck geometry. 3. Vertical cup inclination of 40 to 55 degrees. And 4. Antiversion of 10 to 20 degrees of both the stem and the cup. The correct answer to this question is 1. Skirted modular femoral head. So the use of modular femoral stems and acetabular implants have increased the number of head, neck, and liner designs, but the features of recent designs can cause intraarticular prosthetic impingement within the arc of motion required to perform daily activities. Impingement may lead to limited motion, increased wear, osteolysis, and subluxation or dislocation. Minimizing impingement involves avoiding skirted heads, matching the femoral head with an appropriate acetabular implant, maximizing the head-to-neck ratio, and when possible, using a chamfered acetabular liner and a trapezoidal, rather than circular, neck cross-section. Computer modeling studies indicate the optimal cup position is 45 to 55 degrees abduction. Angles less than 55 degrees require antiversion of 10 to 20 degrees of both the stem and cup to minimize risk for impingement and dislocation. However, wear or instability may occur with cup inclination exceeding 50 degrees. Moving on to the next question. Which of the following has been associated with an increased likelihood of stress shielding after cementless total hip arthroplasty? And the choices are 1. Use of titanium alloy femoral components. 2. Use of proximally fixed femoral components. 3. Use of distally fixed femoral components. 4. Use of press-fit stems in patients with narrow intramedullary canals. And 5. Use of plasma sprayed components. The correct answer to this question is 3. Use of distally fixed femoral components. So although stress shielding has not been associated with adverse clinical outcomes to date, it is a commonly observed process after cementless total hip arthroplasty. Factors that increase the magnitude of stress shielding include the use of distally fixed cobalt chrome stems, particularly in patients with osteoporosis. Large diameter femoral components that is larger than 18 millimeters in diameter have also been associated with an increased prevalence of stress shielding. Moving on to the next question. A patient with a severe nickel allergy and degenerative joint disease of the hip would be best served by which of the following prosthetic options? And the choices are 1. Cemented titanium stem, ceramic or alumina head, and press-fit titanium cup. 2. Cemented cobalt chrome stem, ceramic or alumina head, and press-fit cobalt chrome cup. 3. Press-fit titanium stem, cobalt chrome head, and press-fit titanium cup. 4. Press-fit titanium stem, titanium head, and press-fit titanium cup. And 5. Press-fit titanium stem, ceramic or alumina head, and cementless titanium cup. The correct answer to this question is 5. Press-fit titanium stem, ceramic or alumina head, and cementless titanium cup. So nickel is present in cobalt chrome and stainless steel alloys used in orthopedic surgery. Therefore, these materials are not well suited for nickel-sensitive patients. 
Nickel is not present in titanium alloys or in ceramic components. Titanium is therefore the material of choice for the femoral and acetabular component. Titanium is a poor option for the femoral head due to its susceptibility to abrasive wear. Titanium is also poorly suited to cemented applications in hip arthroplasty because it is less stiff than cobalt chrome and stainless steel and therefore transmits greater stresses to the cement column. Titanium's poor abrasion resistance can also leave the components susceptible to increased abrasive wear in the event of loosening and micromotion. Therefore, of the options available, a cementless titanium stem and socket with a ceramic head is the best choice. In nickel-sensitive total knee arthroplasty patients, cemented oxidized zirconium femoral components can be used in place of cobalt chrome, and titanium tibial components, press fit or cemented, have been used with success. Moving on to the next question. In total hip prosthesis, using a larger diameter ball, for example 36 millimeters instead of 28 millimeters, can improve stability. All other factors being equal, the volumetric rate of wear of the bearing surfaces would be expected to be greater with a larger diameter due to the longer sliding distance per step. However, in laboratory tests of metal-on-metal -metal bearings, larger diameter metal-on-metal -metal hips, such as surface replacements, have shown wear rates comparable to conventional, smaller diameter metal-on-metal -metal hips. What is the most likely explanation for this? And the choices are 1. Different diameters have comparable amounts of boundary lubrication. 2. Larger bearings are more flexible. 3. Larger bearings have greater sliding speed. 4. Larger bearings have more surface carbides. And 5. Larger bearings have smaller diametrial clearance. The correct answer to this question is 3. Larger bearings have greater sliding speed. So metal-on-metal -metal bearings operate in a, quote, mixed lubrication mode, for example, with part of the surface in direct contact and other parts separated by fluid film. As the diameter of the bearing increases, the total sliding distance per step increases in proportion. If all other factors were unchanged, the volumetric wear per step also would increase in proportion. However, the sliding speed of the bearing surfaces also increases in proportion, which tends to draw in more fluid. This increases the separation of the bearing surfaces and tends to offset the negative effect of the increased sliding distance. Moving on to the next question. A 72-year-old man with a history of Parkinson's disease, stable coronary artery disease, and mild renal insufficiency is seen for hip arthroplasty. Which of the following is considered the most appropriate bearing of choice? And the choices are 1. Ceramic on ceramic. 2. Large diameter metal head on highly cross-linked polyethylene liner. 3. Ceramic head on metal liner. 4. Larger diameter metal on metal total hip arthroplasty. And 5. Metal on conventional polyethylene liner that is non-cross-linked. The correct answer to this question is 2. Large diameter metal head on highly cross-linked polyethylene liner. So the most appropriate bearing of those listed would be a large diameter metal head on cross-linked polyethylene. Because of the renal insufficiency, metal on metal should be avoided because metal ions are renally excreted. Ceramic on ceramic implants are not necessary in this patient because of the patient's limited activity and life expectancy, as well as the downside of increased cost, the small but definite risk of ceramic fracture, and the increased technical demands of inserting ceramic implants. A highly cross-linked liner is favored to allow for maximum head size as the patient may be at increased risk of dislocation because of his neurologic disorder.
Moving on to the next question. Which of the following abnormalities has been observed in a higher than expected frequency in patients with metal on metal hip bearings? And the choices are one, renal cell carcinoma, two, leukocyte chromosomal aberrations, three, carcinomas of the gastrointestinal tract, four, soft tissue sarcomas, and five, thyroid carcinoma. The correct answer to this question is two, leukocyte chromosomal aberrations. So metal-on-metal hip bearings have been associated with very low rates of wear and are commonly used in North America and Europe. Patients with these bearings have higher levels of metal ions, particularly cobalt and chromium, in the bloodstream than patients with bearings made of other materials. Although many researchers have been concerned that these ions may predispose to cancer, there has been no evidence that patients with metal-on-metal bearings are developing sarcomas or carcinomas with higher frequency than the general population. However, there has been mixed data as to whether hematopoietic malignancies are slightly more prevalent in patients with metal-on-metal bearings. Two recent reports have found chromosomal abnormalities, such as translocations and aneuploidy, to be increased in patients with metal-on-metal hip bearings. The clinical consequences of these changes, if any, remain unknown. Moving on to the next question. Compared to metal-on-polyethylene total hip-bearing surfaces, the debris particles generated by metal-on-metal articulations are, and the choices are 1, larger and less numerous, 2, larger and more numerous, 3, smaller and less numerous, 4, smaller and more numerous, and 5, not detectable. The correct answer to this question is four, smaller and more numerous. So retrieval studies have shown that the debris particles produced by metal-on-metal -metal articulations in total hip arthroplasty are several orders of magnitude smaller and maybe up to 100 times more numerous than those found with metal-on-polyethylene articulations. Moving on to the next question. With the increasing availability of total hip arthroplasty to younger patients with hip osteoarthritis, there has been increased use of alternative bearing surfaces. Compared to a ceramic-on-ceramic -ceramic articulation, which of the following is a specific advantage of a metal-on-metal -metal bearing surface? And the choices are 1. Increased wettability. 2. Increased hardness. 3. Increased fracture toughness. 4. Decreased surface roughness. And 5. Lower coefficient of friction. The correct answer to this question is 3. Increased fracture toughness. So alternative bearing surfaces in total hip arthroplasty have received much attention in recent years as more and more hip arthroplasties are being performed on younger patients with hip arthritis. The two most popular non-metal on polyethylene bearing surfaces are metal on metal and ceramic on ceramic. There are arguments supporting the use of either, but ceramic bearings have been shown to have a theoretic increased risk of fracture compared with cobalt chromium. This has been shown to be clinically relevant with zirconium ceramics. Newer alumina ceramics are being produced with lower porosity and grain size and with higher density and purity, resulting in lower fracture risk, but still greater than that of cobalt chromium. And moving on to the final question, all of the following are true for a patient who underwent a metal-on-metal -metal total hip arthroplasty except, and the choices are one, they will have production of ionically charged wear particles, two, there is a higher cancer risk than with metal-on-polyethylene total hip arthroplasty, Three, they will have elevated levels of cobalt and chromium in the serum. Four, they will have elevated levels of cobalt and chromium in the urine.
and five, there is a higher frictional torque than with ceramic on ceramic total hip arthroplasty. The correct answer to this question is two, there is a higher cancer risk with metal on polyethylene total hip arthroplasty. So metal on metal articulations in total hip arthroplasty are characterized by ionically charged wear particles. Elevated serum and urine concentrations of metallic elements, including chromium, cobalt, and molybdenum, are found in patients with metal-on-metal -metal joint replacements as compared with controls. To date, there is no correlation between metal serum levels and cancer risk. As such, the link between metal-on-metal -metal arthroplasty and an elevated cancer risk has not been supported by hard data. Finally, metal-on-metal -metal total hip arthroplasty has higher frictional torque than ceramic-on-ceramic -ceramic total hip arthroplasty. The reference by Brockett et al. is a biomechanical analysis of the friction of various hip arthroplasty components. Ceramic on ceramic was found to have the lowest coefficient of friction, followed by ceramic on metal. That's all for this review about THA prosthesis design. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously.